We will now turn to God's Word, and I will do my best to open it up for us this morning. I'm going to invite uh, Brother Jamin Tuller to come forwards and read out of Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 27. It's on page 966 in your pew Bible. It'll be on the screen and the bulletin as well. Good morning. Hear now the words of the living and the true God. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does, does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The grass withers and the flower fades. Amen. Jamin knows a thing or two about stuff washing away. This past week he was out uh, helping to get people out of trouble, roads washed away, trees that had fallen, all sorts of stuff. So thanks, brother, for your service on the fire department. And Daryl as well. And others, many of you perhaps were helping neighbors or trying to dig your own way out of of the trouble. And uh, if anyone on the fire department or rescue or listening, thank you for your help over this last week. God bless you. And as we turn to God's word, I would just like to offer another brief word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you humbled, humbled, humbling ourselves before your word. We're thankful that your word is eternal and lasting and is like a rock beneath our feet. Pray, O Lord, now that as we hear it proclaimed that... um, we would feel and recognize the significance of that fact. It would not be a small thing to us, but a very, very significant and weighty thing. And God, I pray for those that perhaps don't know that feeling. Maybe there's some out there listening or maybe in here listening that uh, are still building their house, their lives upon the sand. Lord, I pray that uh, perhaps as these words are proclaimed and explained that uh, they would know the peace and security of standing upon the rock of Christ and his word. Be glorified in this time, we pray. Give us understanding. Holy Spirit, come now and help us to apply these words. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, just as a word of preface before I uh, get into the meat of the passage, maybe some are listening even now. This was one of my sermons, my messages that I shared in Kenya a good bit, and I did this last week as well. Some of that is because I'm very tired uh, and still sort of recovering and uh, don't have the reservoir to 
uh, to do completely new messages. And, you know, right now, at least these past couple of weeks. And so I was reminded you opened up the word of God for the people in Kenya. Is that not good enough for the people in South world? And certainly it is right. So amen. So I'm going to kind of repackage a message that I delivered to the folks in Kenya on a couple of occasions but it's actually incredibly relevant in light of the events of this past week. Even just the reading, right, is very powerful. So there's certainly something here for for us. And one of the reasons I felt moved to share this in Kenya was because in the part of Kenya where where I was and doing a lot of the ministry, which is in western part of Kenya in a region called Nyanza, there are floods. It's near Lake Victoria. And they have a rainy season uh, earlier in the year that often results in flooding. And so this passage is very applicable. To, and they, they get this very readily. And perhaps even more so than we do. Because many of the homes in that region are made of clay or dirt and straw and sticks. So you can imagine what a flood would do to these homes and villages, right? It can be very uh, destructive. We got a taste of it this, uh, this past week. And maybe, Lord willing, hopefully not, but maybe uh, more to come. We'll see what the weather holds. But I shared with the people in Kenya and actually found, this was one of the funny things about cross-cultural ministry, and I didn't realize this until the, uh, the moment I was up front sharing with the people, I used a, an illustration of a lighthouse. There's a very famous lighthouse in North Carolina where we're from uh, called Cape Hatteras. Cape Hatteras is the largest or tallest uh, brick lighthouse in North America. It's over 200 feet tall. It's a massive structure. We got to see it a couple of summers ago, which was really wonderful. But they were doing renovations on the inside, so we couldn't get inside, which was quite the bummer to finally go see it and not to be able to get inside. But it's a massive structure. But they had to relocate it because of erosion. And so I talked to the people in Kenya about this lighthouse that had to be moved because of the effects of weather and erosion. And they had no idea what a lighthouse was. Uh, and so that was uh, quite interesting. And as we talked about it, I tried to explain it through an interpreter. They kind of got the idea. And I realized many of these people in, this part of, in that part of Kenya, anyways, had never been to the coast they're about, uh, as the crow flies, if you were to hop on a plane, it wouldn't be too far, maybe a two, three hours flight to their coast. But to drive there is probably 12, 14, 15 hours. Very significant uh, distance um, because of the challenges with their roads and whatnot. So many people had never left the Lake Victoria region, had never left the Nyanza or Kasumi region to go to the coast where there are lighthouses. And so I was trying to explain... Cape Hatteras and this lighthouse, and they're looking at me sort of like, what's he talking about? But my point was well taken, that things built upon the sand don't last, right? That was my simple point that I was trying to make. And this lighthouse, very expensive, wonderful, beautiful lighthouse, would have fallen into the sea if it had not been moved to a more secure location. I think they moved it a couple football fields back on the island. So I told the people there what I'll tell you, that today, this morning, Jesus wants to give you something more 
and better to build on. Not just a home, of course. Jesus here, talking about a house, means your life. He means the, 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 your life, your soul, your actions, your decisions. Build those things. Make your decisions. Build your life on the Word of God. This is the simple and plain teaching of Matthew chapter 7. Jesus says we should build on the rock. Well, what is the rock? Well, based on our text, it is his words. Jesus says, whoever hears these words of mine, right, and does them, will be like a person who built their life on the rock. And the challenges came, the floods rose, the rains, the storms of life, and the house stood. Why are Jesus' words like rock? Why? Well, I'm going to give you three reasons. And I would like for you, if you feel inclined, to turn with me. Again, this is what I was doing in, in Kenya, only to realize many of these people didn't have a paper copy of God's Word. So it presented some challenges, but we made our way through. But I would like for you to, if you have a Bible and feel so moved to follow along with me, it's okay if, if you don't, or maybe if you feel like it would take you too long to find each passage as we go through, that's okay. Just listen carefully. With each of these reasons why Jesus' words are like rock, I'm going to give a couple of scriptures. And I believe I put them in the bulletin there for you. We're just going to look at each one um, as we go along. But the first reason why Jesus's words are like rock is simply because they're truth. That's the first reason. They are truth. God does not lie. We can trust God's words. When everything and everyone else fails us, we can trust the word of God. Have you ever had someone lie to you? That's a painful feeling, isn't it? Maybe someone made a promise to you. And they didn't live up to it. That hurts. That's hard. God won't do that. God does not do that. God keeps his promises. We talked about that last week, right? But Jesus' words are like rock because they're truth. God does not lie. He is honest with us. He gives us the truth. We see this in many places in the scriptures. But just a couple to look at really quickly. Psalm 18, verse 30. Turn there with me if you want. Psalm 18, verse 30. This God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. God's words are truth. And therefore, they're like rock. I turn to John 17, 17. This one will be well known perhaps to some of you. Jesus says in this famous, what has come to be known as the high priestly prayer, he's praying and by way of prayer, also teaching his disciples, he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. God's word is truth. So that's the first reason why. Jesus' words are like rock. The second reason his words are like rock is that they are 
stable. They're stable. They do not change. And that's because God does not change. The Scriptures say He is who He was yesterday and today and will be forevermore. His Word is not changing. His words are fixed and immovable. Can any of us say that about ourselves? No. Oftentimes, how I am depends on what kind of night's sleep I got or what I had for breakfast. I might be a little grouchy or what I didn't have for breakfast, right? Some of y'all know what it's like to be hangry, (laughs) right? That's us. We are not like God. We change and our moods swing this way and that. But not so with God. His word is stable. So we look at Isaiah 40, verse 8, which is actually what we just said a moment ago um, in our response to the reading of God's word. Many of you will recognize this. One of the reasons we say this Sunday after Sunday is a gentle reminder. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Is that not remarkable? You know, I'm in a discussion with my wife and kids half the time. By the end of the conversation, I've changed my mind about what I said. Not so with God, right? Let's look at Matthew 24, verse 35 together. Matthew 24, verse 35. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. God's words are stable and lasting. This is the second reason why Jesus' words are like rock and we should build our lives, the house of our lives upon them. And the last reason, I mean, there's probably many others, but the third one that I felt moved to share with you this morning is that they are strong. They are strong. When the storms come, the words of Jesus can hold us, right? They will be there for us. They will help us, strengthen us, and enable us. They are stronger than the storms. Look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Many of you will recognize this as that story of of Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And what is Jesus fighting with when he's tempted by our greatest adversary, the devil? What is it? What is his weapon? The word of God, right? He fights with the truth. It is strong. And it says, Matthew 4, 4, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Strong enough to sustain you, strong enough to strengthen you and to defeat any attack that comes, any trial, any difficulty. It is strong. Now look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5 with me. is similar. This is a different kind of strength. Right? It is strong to destroy arguments. It is reliable. It is watertight. Right? There's no holes in the logic here. There's no 
no conundrums, no, it is reliable, dependable. It can destroy arguments and man's futile wisdom. Second Corinthians 10, 5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. The word of God is mighty to defeat strongholds and arguments and whatever else might be raised up against it. Oftentimes it is in the storms, is in the temptations and the trials like Jesus in the wilderness. That is when you will find the doubts rising, the questions entering in. But the word of God is able to destroy those doubts and those Opinions and ideas raised up against it. It is strong. These are three reasons I see. And there's again, we could probably go on with 50 more, but just a few that demonstrate why the words of Jesus are like a rock beneath our feet. Where can we find a stronger foundation than this? Where? Good luck. You will not find a stronger foundation than the words of God in Holy Scripture. Yet sadly, many people today have rejected God's truth and are building on the sand. They're building upon lies, building upon a very weak foundation. And their house is about to fall. Just like that White House in North Carolina was on the very brink of of falling into the sea before it was moved. Many here and in Kenya are building their house upon the sand. Their life is about to crumble and collapse. What does Jesus say of these people? They're not just making a mistake, a miscalculation. This is a moral error. It's sinful. It's wrong. And he calls them fools. Scripture says that what can be known about God is plain through creation. Everyone knows there is a God. Everyone knows he is the only lasting thing there is. Yet we still, all of us, every nation, every people, everywhere, continue to build upon the sand. And we are fools for doing so. Again, Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus says these people are fools. You and I know that feeling. Very few of us, none of us, let's put it that way, right? Let's be stronger. None of us could say we haven't made that mistake. Every single one of us, in one way or another, has built our house on the sand. And perhaps somewhere along the way we realized our error and began to build on the rock. Build upon the words of God. Don't be a fool. Build upon the rock of Holy Scripture and upon Christ. Maybe you're wondering how you can do this. How? What's this look like? There's a lot to say about that, but Jesus gives us two simple points in our passage before us in Matthew 7. Two simple points. Very simple, simple enough for a child to understand, yet profound enough for us older folks who think we're wise to consider uh, profound. Notice what Jesus says in verse 24. Jesus says, 
right there. I'll just reread it. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Point number one, hear the word, hear it. I shared with the people in Kenya, I was like, you may not have a Bible. I tried to encourage them. I said, you know what? Paul didn't have one either. Jesus didn't have one either. They didn't have a paper copy, a little dagger that they kept in their pocket, their tunic as they walked around. No. So how did they learn it? They went to church. They went to synagogue, right? And they listened and they meditated on it. They thought about it. They paid attention to what, what their rabbi, their teacher, their master was saying. And they learned it, tucked it away, chewed on it. Even though they didn't have a paper copy, they knew it. And as you go through and read the New Testament, sometimes you'll be amazed. How do they remember all that, right? I mean, they're quoting the Old Testament over and over again. Probably just from hearing it a few times. Maybe some of them, well, Paul definitely, he studied. So perhaps he had put a bit more away than the average person. But the point is, they didn't have this sitting on their kitchen table and at their nightstand and all the 14 places that you and I do. Right? They just heard it. And they chewed on it. They knew it. They learned it. Right? Same should be for you. Know the word. Hear the word. That's the first step to building on the rock. And then the second step, again, very simple. Simple enough for even the littlest here to grasp. Do the word. Do it. Obey it. Walk in it. Live it. We must do what Jesus says. We must obey. Folks, I think in our country, again, this would be a contrast to where I was in Kenya when I was sharing this word with the people there. I think of Kenya as being over-experienced and under-trained, under-taught. Their knowledge of God is lacking in, in many ways, but their experience, their, their prayer life, their spiritual life of walking with God is rich and deep, though they lack some knowledge and some understanding. Here in America, it's totally reversed. We have all the knowledge. We've got Bibles everywhere. We've got seminaries and schools all over the place. PhDs. We've got scholars that have analyzed every word in the Greek and Hebrew over and over and over again. Yet we're under-experienced. Many of us only know it. We don't do it. We don't live it. We don't walk with God. Our prayer lives are weak and dead even. We're not trusting God. Jesus says both of these things are necessary if we are to build on the rock. Know the word. Learn the word. And do it. Put it into practice. This is how you build upon the rock. Do this. And when the rain comes and the floods and the winds, your physical home might be moved but your soul will be steadfast. Your faith will remain. You will be okay. 
The things that you can stand to lose, you might lose. But the one thing you absolutely must keep, you will keep your faith. Because your life and your house is built upon the rock. And not for a week or a year. If you hear the word, know the word, do it. It won't just stand. Your house won't just stand. Your soul for a week or for a year or a little while. It will be kept forever. Jesus has promised to give everyone who does this and who trusts in Him eternal life. Eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believed in Him would not perish but have eternal life. That is a promise we can bank on. God is true to His Word. He doesn't lie to us. Bank on that. Build your house on His words. And it will stand forever. Amen. This is the Word of God for you today. Let's pray now as we respond with a song. Very, very appropriate, well-chosen song. Excellent. Hymn number 322. And I'm just going to pray as they come forwards and ask God to Massage these things into our hearts. Oh, Lord, we've heard your word. We've we've heard it preached and proclaimed. Our ears have heard it. Our hearts have heard it. Lord, now is, I think, for us Americans, what is harder than for perhaps some peoples in other places. We hear these words all the time. And we have lots to say about the Bible but we are weak in our practice. We are often underexperienced and we don't do the things we know in our heads we should be doing. So Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, come. Help us, all of us, who know Your Word, know Your truth. God, grant us grace to walk in it, to live it, and to do it. And thereby build our house upon the rock of your truth and your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. We love you. We praise you. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.